This is former TNA World Champion Raven, and you're listening to TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Quote the Raven, nevermore. And don't cross the line. Or do cross the line. I'm not really sure if you're supposed to, you're not supposed to. I don't know. Whatever. You get it. TNA Wrestling. Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 149 of the TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Connie Jr. And with me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. Dallas, it's a new year. We are officially into 2005, as this week we are watching the January 7th, 2005 edition of Impact. We are two weeks away from Final Resolution, the first pay-per-view of 2005. Dallas, how are you feeling? I'm feeling so good, man. I am, like, so excited that we're in 2005. I don't care that it's impacts. It doesn't matter. Um, it, but starting with these pay-per-views, man, we said it before. We probably keep saying it over and over again. But holy crap. The pay- 2005 TNA pay-per-views, and just in general, is going to be so good. So I'm really excited to get into this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it right now. If they don't have a new fucking intro song... I'm gonna be pissed. That's a really good point because uh, we were I'm thinking we were thinking maybe at the new year they'd be uh, changing it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean I'm not expecting overall anything like crazy. Um, do I feel like they're gonna be spicing up these tunnels here eventually? I feel like they do, unless I just have like this really bad memory of what they actually look like. But I feel like I feel like they're gonna spice them up a little bit because the walls are pretty plain. But maybe I'm just imagining that. I'm really thinking that they don't change it until they're on a bigger network. You might be really right about that. And I'm just, I, cause the thing is like with the pay-per-views, they kind of do. And so maybe I'm just mixing it up with the fact that on pay-per-views so far, they kind of have added stuff to it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not expecting nothing major overall um, changing here in 2005. Do I think we will see some new faces? Yeah. We'll be talking about a lot of new faces, potential potential new faces here in the next two weeks, Bob. Um, will we see new match types? Probably, because they just like to pull those out of their ass. Uh, will we see people leave the company? Yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. So we have a lot to talk about in these next two weeks. Um, and as I noted before, uh, I think like two weeks ago, um, since this taping was done on January 4th for these next two episodes, if there's a little bit of crossover in notes, I apologize. I try my best to not um, cross-pollinate and try to avoid the spoiler for the next week or whatever. But, you know, uh, things happen, so I'm going to try not to do that. But there is there's a lot of really good stuff we're going to be talking about here before Final Resolution. And really to try to wrap it up before Final Resolution. Well, don't feel sorry for uh, either repeating or, you know, getting stuff bungled up because it doesn't hurt to hear it twice. That's right. Uh, well, I guess uh, I guess let's jump into what happened last week. Uh, it it was a an interesting show. 
I don't think really anything super crazy happened unless I'm totally forgetting something, which maybe I am. Um, but on oh, so there's a couple things, and we'll we'll talk about this too. So it was the uh, December 31st, 2004 show. So literally New Year's Eve is when it aired. In some markets, it ended up airing January 4th. So it was on a delay. I have some interesting notes about that, and to the point where I think we're pretty right about it. It's still sticking in a 2004 show. Uh, we saw AJ Styles team up with Johnny B. Bad and Sonny Siaki to defeat the team of Primetime and The Naturals in five minutes and 50 seconds. Hmm. And I didn't, if I remember correctly, didn't Johnny get the pin in that? And we were like, why is he the one who's getting the pinball? Um, I don't know. I feel like that was the case. It's not a huge thing, but I don't know. I feel like I just remembered it. Uh, we saw Christopher Daniels defeat Michael Shane and Kazarian was ringside in five minutes and 30 seconds. So interesting. We, uh, this is the first show, I think, that both Triple X members were on the show, but in separate roles, at least in obviously a very long time. But obviously they're not a team anymore. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, he is here in uh, in TNA, and he defeated Marco Cordova, who Kid Cash brought out. Um, I, I'm not really sure. Uh, that was a minute and 28 seconds, so maybe we'll be seeing Marco Cordova more because Kid Cash brought him. I doubt it. No, probably not, but it was really weird. I just was pissed that there was one more debut literally right before we had to do our year interview episode, and I had to write another name down. Yeah. Uh, which, if you didn't listen to that, it came out um, less than a week ago. We tr- we tried our very best to cover 2004 and kind of wrap everything up. Uh, and then in the main event of our last episode of Impact, Scott Hall and Kevin Ash's ringside, he defeated Hector Garza in five minutes and three seconds. So, uh, overall, yeah, pretty uh, pretty decent show. We have not seen a bad episode of Impact yet. We've seen ones that are better than others, but in general... Uh, they haven't been bad. I'm trying to. Uh, I was trying to look really quick, but um, now this is going to take too long. So we'll just cover it in the notes if there's anything big to happen, uh, story wise. Uh, a few a few interesting things here um, that were actually kind of left over from the last um, Wrestling Observer newsletter is that um, Terry Taylor is clearly considered a Rhodes ally as Booker, unlike Dutch Mantel. And Rhodes went to him to pick who would team with Sonny Siaki and Johnny B. Bad against the Naturals in uh, primetime. And that's why uh, AJ Styles was picked, because Terry Taylor picked him. Uh, apparently there was a definite talk of cutting the cord on Hardy overall as well, because we, we kind of talked about this because he was late. Uh, because of his no-shows and constantly arriving late, particularly since a lot of the talent made it clear they don't understand why he can't show up when he wants with no repercussions, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if that at all will c- come to much else, but um, apparently they're kind of souring on Jeff Hardy right now, which is kind of interesting since he was in such a high um, position. Well, and speaking of all of that, actually one thing that we did see last week that was kind of a, a I'll say a shocker, it wasn't like mind-blowing, but uh, Trinity, she's back. Yeah. All of a sudden. Um, after canceling going to the final pay-per-view at the last minute, and apparently, um, although she's gotten, believe it or not, she's going to be feuding with Tracy over this job of Dusty Rose assistant. And that's what we saw on Impact, which is like so odd to me. I don't know. 
I'm not really surprised. Dusty seems like the type of guy that would want to make it that two girls or two women are fighting over an, <laughs> an, old, an old man. Although I think both of their approaches are for the power, not necessarily for Dusty. Right. And I, I think it's also one of those weird things where, of course, at this time, we don't have a lot of women's wrestlers um, to the fact that they're to the point here that like Jacqueline came in and she's only been on pay-per-view. She hasn't even shown up on TV. Um, so like, I guess they're trying to find different ways to use them besides just being managers, even though I think they're both really good managers. So. I can't wait for Trinity to win and then Glenn Gilberti's in the main events. Oh God. Why are you talking like that? Oh, because that could very well happen. Jeez. Johnny Swinger in the X Division. You never know what's going to happen. happen. You better hold that thought on Johnny Swinger. Oh, boy. That's that coming means, ne- that's that next means, week. That means he's probably fired. I'm not, I can't say. It's coming next week. Um, okay, so I was just ch- checking quick as we were discussing. I don't think I have any other real big news about last week's show. Uh, from the Wrestling Observer, so we're just kind of going to go into some of this stuff. I don't have a ton to cover before the show, and I got a couple things that we'll chat about during the show. Um, but one thing that kind of kind of relates here is that uh, Scott Hall was said to be very helpful to Hector Garza coming up with ideas to help get him over, but everyone realized that the low-rent mariachi band that they used came off so hokey. Remember, that was a couple weeks ago where, of course, as it says even right here, is that Roddy Piper came off as so 70s introducing him as the great the great young mexican star which is actually how wrestling announcers in the 70s would have done it even though uh both hall and nash did go down for him and hall took the second guitar shot when the guitar didn't break on the first one the segment came off as bad because they looked uh they just looked too big particularly nash uh to be cleaned up on a one on two by garza uh, the Hall and Garza match on TV wasn't good, Dave says, but that's not for a lack of trying. They had laid out an eight-minute match, went through the curtain, and were told to go five. You know, Garza, even though he's been around forever, isn't used to TV time constraints and changing match times in Mexico, uh, and there is a styles clash. Uh, the Garza experiment, one way or another, will be given a certain length of time to work, and if not, that'll be it. Uh, I mean, Garza did work a lot of, he worked a few TV matches in WCW, so he probably is kind of. I thought that, I thought that too, but. Well, apparently maybe they're just a little more strict here in TNA. I don't know. I guess so. Uh, This is an interesting note. Um, And by interesting, I mean, I just found it interesting when i read it but uh so even though tna guys can't work ring of honor the company is allowing them for, to work for 3pw also in philadelphia now they have a reasoning which is why i think this is kind of funny uh, apparently tna's reasoning is that 3pw had been booking the guys in main events for the past six months uh is that dogs that dog needs to not that dog is telling me he has to go out and pee, but I'm waiting for us to start the show before I let him Okay. Out. Yeah, he can hold it for a second. Um, <laughs> uh, so 3PW has been booking guys in the main event for the past six months, so it would, uh, it would be mean to pull them all from the shows. Um, and then, of course, this is Alvarez, so he adds on, like AJ Styles and Daniels were jobbers in ROH or something. 
So it's like a just a silly excuse. Yeah. And and we're gonna we we have more that we're gonna, I'm sick of talking about DNA and Ring of Honor, but this is like something that's gonna be going on for a while. Um, and there's a pretty interesting note on next week's show about it. But basically, of course, we already know what this stems from. We don't need to repeat it 700 times. But I like that they had to have an excuse for 3PW. Um, this is an interesting note, and I don't. I actually meant to look up to see if anything came of this, but um, I was doing these notes about 11.30 last night, and I was really tired. So uh, apparently Randy Savage will be working dates for Harley Race's MLW in February. He's being billed as a special guest, which means he's going to show up in his oversized giant coat and not do a thing. No, I don't know if I don't know if this happens. I don't think he does any other wrestling. He might make an appearance, but I don't think he does any wrestling. No, I don't think that's why he's special guest. Special guest, yeah. Um, this was kind of funny, uh, and this is the only reason I'm reading it. But I, uh, in a shocking turn of events. Vince Russo's religious website, VinceRussoForgiven.com, has disappeared into the internet uh, ether. And it says, the page you try to access does not exist on this server. So his whole, like, this is about his book and all this stuff. It's gone. Vince Russo's book, it's gone. I wonder what happened with that. Was he, did he uh, repent his repent? Oh, my God. Uh, apparently, he might have because if you go back and look at his future booking, it's not very, you know, Christian. Um, apparently, um, it says in addition, there's a large drawing of an unidentified object in the upper left corner next to the word "oops." According, we'll apparently follow this. It's it's sad, but I don't think we're going to hear much about it. I just thought it was funny, and Vince Russo was here fairly recently, so there you go. Um, even though Fox Sports, okay, this is about the TV thing. So even though Fox Sports not apparently. Uh, told Dixie Carter that the show on December 31st would be preempted and it would be pushed on both the uh, December 24th TV show and on company website. It actually aired in most of the country. <laughs> so the announced uh, January 4th airing of the show was only on maybe half a dozen stations, mostly on the West Coast. So as we predicted, most of the country still saw it when it was meant to air. Yeah, and that was because of college football, right? Uh, I believe it was. Yeah, uh, one of Bob's absolute favorites. And now this is, maybe this is a spoiler. I don't know if this is even going to really happen, so I'm not counting it as it. But Ryan Wilson, who is Mr. USA in zero one, one in case you know him better from there. Uh, I we'll, did not know that. No. <laughs> uh, he's going to be back as Titus with TV vignettes starting this week. Really? And I'm only saying that because I want to see if it actually happens. I want to see that too. Titus. Now, because Titus is a masked. Yes. Person, right? uh, I got two more things here, and then we can get going on the show, and Bob can let the dog outside. Yeah, thank God. Because he's pacing. Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, Bill Barons, uh, we talked about him recently. Uh, he's expected to make a decision within the next week or so uh, if he's going to be staying with TNA and to promote his wild side promotion or take the job at WWE. Uh, now that WWE job would put him and Jody Hamilton uh, as the point people for the new Atlanta developmental territory. Uh, Barron's TV would become the TV for the territory, and he'd be involved in putting it together and running the tapings. It would mean a totally different look for the show, uh, since Barron features uh, a lot of 170-pound high flyers, and WWE has different ideas, as we discussed. And finally, my last note, it's not super exciting, but... This is what we got this week, guys. 
I don't know what to tell you. I got some, we'll talk, like I said, we got some interesting stuff we'll talk about during the show, but uh, many of the guys from this group will be working three shows on January 21st, January 22nd, and January 23rd at the Olympic Auditorium in Seoul, Korea, uh, promoted by Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. This is two weeks before WWE comes in. Uh, so it's noted Jarrett, AJ Styles, Dusty Rhodes, Sting, DDP, Scott Hall, Dustin Rhodes, uh, Billy Gunn, Buff Bagwell, Barbarian, Terry Taylor, Ricky Nelson, Malia Hasoka, and Gal Kim are all on the tour. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of kind of a fun so thing. So it's a WWE tour in Korea. I mean, uh, Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling, Bob. Uh, in case, uh, you, in case you thought they were around still in 2004. Excuse me. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I got here. Uh, before the show, uh, and like I said, we got a couple uh, a couple interesting things to talk about during it, uh, and I think some of it's really interesting. So I won't say any until Bob comes back from loving the dog outside. Oh, thank God. Okay, well, if you guys want to watch along with us, head over to Impact Plus or finding your own personal collection. Again, it's the January seventh, two thousand five edition of Impact. I'm going to count down from three when I say play. As when you're going to want to hit play. And I am going to let Titan out, and hopefully he has not pissed on the carpet. So we will find out shortly. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Okay, we're getting there. Come on. New song, new song, new song. What's this? Earlier today, Jeff Hammond is in the ring with Three Life Crew before the show. That doesn't uh, even look like the impact zone. Wait, and Michael Shane and Kazarian got up. It's the same music, by the way. Stop. They're making fun of his NASCAR background, apparently, as he's training in camo pants, by the way. Oh, here we go. And now, from stage 21... It's total non-step action. Oh, my God, guys. Oh, my God. We got the intro. It's the same fucking stupid song. Damn it. It's the same intro. It's like, yeah, there's Sabu. Oh, my God. I don't even know what to say. Here we are. Look at the impact zone. These tapings have 850 people live in the impact zone that's a that's a sellout or well it's free so it's not a sellout but lots of pyro we're really blowing our budget on the pyro but you know what it's a studio show you got to make it really fun and exciting crowd looks excited sometimes they look really bored so this is fun Oh, look at this. The Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, is joining Mike Tanane Town West. Oh, he's going to be a uh, special color commentary on X Division action. Oh. Next week, Christopher Daniels versus Chris Sabin. The winner moves on to the Ultimate X match at Final Resolution. That's pretty exciting. Usually we don't get 
matches announced for the next week. Don West asked him who he thinks it's going to be. He's like, come on, it's going to be me. Okay, we're going up for our first match here. Oh, my God. Bob. Chris Candino is here. Look at this, making his debut here in TNA. Except they're not really talking about it. On commentary. And he's fighting AJ Styles. Where the heck is Bob? Let's go. Okay, now they're talking about him. ECW, WWE, and ECW. But he's fighting the phenomenal one. AJ Styles. They're saying that Styles is in that Ultimate X match, I think. He's at the chance to win the title for the fourth time. He's just kind of spiking his hair up in the front now. I don't know if he's started to do that really before this, at least not that I was paying attention to. Okay, guys, Chris Candido's debut here against AJ Styles. Bob is literally missing it. This little hammer lock here by Candino. Oh, it kind of slaps him. Oh, oh, a couple slaps in the face. Styles push him. Holy shit, he shoved him down. Drop toe hold by Styles. Arm drag. And another arm drag. That's right. Don't count Chris Candido yet. Irish whip comes back. Goes under. The, uh, Styles drops down. Oh, goes for another leapfrog, but Candido just bails to the floor instead. And, of course, we know what this is going to mean. Styles going for a crossbody. Holy shit. <laughs> Candino pulled himself up so that his foot could loop into the guardrail after the move hit, which is kind of funny. We're seeing uh, final resolution matches across the bottom of the screen. Oh, Chris Candido's in TNA. Dude, you're missing Chris Candido. I know. Isn't that great? Fucking Titan. Shut your mouth. Oh, Daniel says he knows exactly how to avoid the style scratch. Bob, you also missed a big announcement next week on Impact. Chris Saban versus uh, Christopher Daniels, the winner, enters the Ultimate X match in the final spot. Comic oh, drop there by uh, Candido. Off the middle, uh, oh, so next week between Saban and Daniels, you said? Mm-hmm. And uh, Daniels is currently on color commentary for X Division matches tonight. <clears throat> um, a little bit of uh, maybe what uh, Candido had been up to prior to uh, this appearance. He had been working with some, uh, he's been working with IWA Mid-South <clears throat> pretty regularly. And in fact, on December 12th, he teamed up with B.J. Whitmer and Steve Stone, losing to Danny Daniels, Ian Rotten, and Terry Funk at a Merry Funkin' Christmas <laughs> in Highland, Indiana. 
I he love also the name of that. He also defeated Matt Seidel on December 10th, Friday be Mid-South. And I believe that back in... Yeah, back in October, October 20th, Chris Candido actually defeated AJ Styles. Oh, wow. For IW Mid-South, Battleground in Bloomington. And that's a show that I believe Jordan attended. Oh, shit. listener and fan and friend. Um, Candido teamed with Steve Stone on October 23rd to lose to Dusty Rhodes and Ian Rotten. And then, I don't know if I realize this, but Chris Candido was on OVW television. Oh. I did not know if I, I don't know if I knew this. He teamed with the Nova, losing to the Jersey Shore crew, which was Danny Infernal and the Idol. And I believe the Idol was Aaron Stevens. Yes, it was. Hmm. That's weird. I did not realize that he had a, an appearance there. Hmm. That's pretty cool. That that show, by the way, would air on October 30th. Hmm. But uh, that's that for Mr. Candido. As they are trading strikes here, I rake there by Candido. Let's see what AJ had maybe done over the weekend. Probably nothing. Back by the drop. Well, I lied. On uh, January 1st, at NWA Wildside's Christmas Chaos, Jason Cross defeated AJ Styles and Jimmy Rave in a three-way dance. Hmm. So Jason Cross getting maybe the biggest win of his life. <clears throat> oh, Styles with a kick. Crowd seems pretty into this. Snap, Dude, power slam by Candy. We, we, we are full tonight, uh, I mentioned already, but the crowd seems very uh, hyped up during this, sh- even the intro. I was like, yeah, really excited. Well, it's Chris Candido. It's Skip. He's not with Sonny anymore at this point, right? Oh, no. he They're together until he dies, yeah. Oh. <clears throat> the long... Uh, the infamous story as Candido goes for a powerbomb, but Styles rolled out of it, kicked to the gut, and then he's going for a Styles clash, and he oh, hits it. Nice. Right in the middle of the ring, too. That was a good showing by Candido. That was a that was a really good opening match. That was very good. Uh, uh, Candido and Sonny were in fact together. Now, when he unfortunately passes away, and we'll cover that. Um, that time yeah. comes. Yep. Uh, the infamous story is that TNA gave Sonny a ham as a form of like condolences. A fucking ham. Um, <laughs> we're we're looking like we're counting down some moments of the year. Uh, which remember they were doing the voting, so we're going to be seeing these segments a lot. AJ Styles is. I missed actually what he won. They're doing match of the year now. Turning point. Oh, they still in our game. The Americas was one. I actually have a note. Oh, about they're Shane. announcing the winner. Yes. I have a Shane Douglas note, but I kind of want to hear all these. Who most personifies TNA? Mr. TNA, for the second time. AJ Styles. So he must have won X Division Star and then also Mr. TNA for the second year in a row. 
Okay, now we're getting like an Ultimate X like hype package. So, uh, Shane Douglas is pushing hard for either February or March pay-per-view for the uh, Monica, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh, uh, Golden Dome. Uh, uh, Douglas has a good track record as a local promoter, drawing very strong crowds in that building for ECW and even a decent crowd for XPW. Now, it's a risk because they haven't run a city and tried to really sell tickets with the exception of Victory Road in Orlando, which sold a few hundred tickets, but maybe the first anniversary show in Nashville where they didn't get freebies and they couldn't sell out the fairgrounds. Oh, we're seeing... Oh, God, Bob. Is that fair play? Johnny, fair play. In, oh, shit. Trinity just fell. Gimmick. She oh. just slipped. That was supposed to happen, I think. Was it? Yeah, it looked like the way she did it. So Trinity and fair play are now in Dusty's office, which is his truck. They're making him I sit. I cannot believe Johnny Fairplay is on this show in 2005. Oh, she thought there was a snake, but it was a rope. You who wish to stay in TNA will find out how to play. Wait, Johnny for Playos, this sounds familiar. So there's like a weird note. They oh, stole. They made an alliance. They stole the note. They have an alliance. Is that a survivor joke, Bob? I think it is. Um, Team Canada is about to come out, but let me try to pump through this note. Well, let's see who's coming out first. Demore and PD. Okay. X Division champion, Peter. That's right. Um, so they couldn't sell at the fairgrounds. Everyone knows they have to test the waters outside of Orlando, and because of Douglas as the local promoter, Pittsburgh looks to be the best bet, but it's not uh, without risk to morale and management if they can't garner local interest. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of scoffed when you mentioned I know, it's just really funny. I knew that uh, Douglas had booked that venue... Um, quite a bit. He was a natural. He that several times in ECW. And he did. He did get some good uh, good crowds. Looks like Andy Douglas is the one who may possibly fighting P.D. Williams right now. We got a heel versus seal match. Which guy do you do you want to boo more? Andy Douglas or P.D. Williams? Which guy do I want to what? Boo more. They're both heels. Um, I feel like Andy Douglas is more booable than Chase Stevens. No, no, P.D. Williams or Andy Douglas. It's a singles match. See? Oh you no, want... I thought you, I thought you were saying which one I wanted to boo out of the Naturals. Oh, I agree with oh. that also. But okay, I'm gonna say between P.D. Well, I mean, I guess P.D. because he's Canadian. Oh, right. I mean that. Uh... I feel like I feel like that's not why I was thinking, but that's in wrestling. That is so in fair. wrestling. That's what I I'm mean. Thinking. Listen, listen to the crowd. They're chanting USA. I mean, yeah, they so already Andy, they're already cheering for Andy Douglas. Yeah, Andy's the he's the baby face. Uh, just really one Andy note here for Pete Williams. Back on December eighteenth, he defeated Nate Webb to retain the that was the X Division Championship match. I don't know if I realized that. Oh wow! Uh, for IWM itself. In Rennesalir, Indiana. And then I don't know. I mean, I feel like with Tag Rod, like Andy Douglas, I doubt he freaking did anything. But I guess I should check because you just never know. Exactly. 
and he did not. So that's at least not reported on cage match. Now, just, how how do we feel about a tag team wrestler kind of being fed here to Petey uh, Williams? I'm assuming. Um, I don't really like it because I really like the Naturals. Me too. But I think it's interesting to note we have not seen, and now I know it's a second match. There, there's not a job guy. That's a very good point. So I maybe this is something they're trying out. Well, I mean, they definitely have a big enough roster where you wouldn't need a job guy. And I think, put it this way, I think this is kind of something that we talk about often. If Andy Douglas loses right now, he's not used to singles matches. He's a tag guy, like you said. It's just like when two singles guys are in a, a tag team. It's like, well, they're used to singles matches. They're not tag teams. So the tag team should realistically win. Now, it's never the case. But so if Andy Douglas loses now, which he's probably going to because he's fighting the champion non-title, but um, I don't think it really hurts him because he's a tag team wrestler. Well, right. And he's losing to a champion. So that's right. Um, kind of another interesting thing to look at here. So they didn't want to use Florida guys because. Well, they they didn't want to pay them, I guess. And it was like a hundred bucks, but I'm sure the rate for a guy like Andy Douglas is more than a hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. But they probably want rather pay the people that they essentially have contracted. Yeah. But let's say Andy Douglas is making $300. I'd rather pay a guy a hundred dollars to do the same thing than have one of my guys lose that I'm in in essentially a meaningless match. Right. And here goes for the Canadian destroyer. Oh, Douglas countered it. Oh, is oh. Andy too tall? I don't know if it's the destroyer. Well, he just uh, essentially lawn darted him into the turnbuckle by like just stepping back a few times. And when I say too tall, I mean kind of like more lengthy. Than... I think I think he could hit it. Oh, here he goes. Is he going to do it? Well, Chase Stevens. Okay, maybe. They are really making sure. Scott like, Demore trips him. Oh, I thought he was going to roll PD up. He ducks in Seguri. Oh, they missed a thing. Oh, roll up. Oh, see, dude, they did that avoid was, the destroyer. That was a messed up finish, though. But yeah, they did. They definitely. That's interesting to shed light here. Is that move a struggle with someone? Again, Andy Douglas isn't necessarily the tallest guy in the world, but he is more lengthy than a lot of X Division guys. Okay, we're just getting into a package in the back. Oh, well, uh, I'm saving that one, actually. Hold on. Oh, oh, no, this is I, just never. a hype video for AMW getting a title shot at uh, Final Resolution. Yeah. All my notes sort of relate to other matches, but... Um, I'll just tell you this one, I guess, because I'd rather just not sit here and not talk about the highlight package anyway. Um, apparently, the plan for the final resolution pay-per-view was to have Jeff Hardy versus Abyss in a TLC match. Uh, but that was actually taken off the schedule when Hardy arrived late without calling on the December 21st taping. And there was a lot of talk of no longer using him, as we've talked about a lot. Uh, Dave says here that he doesn't know the status of it, but as the decision was made at, uh, to keep Hardy, at least as of right now. And now we are backstage... With Americans Most Wanted. 
I feel like I wouldn't get rid of him. I would just job him out. What do you think, though? TLC match, Abyss and Hardy? That would probably be pretty good. Uh, Harris talking about the saga of Triple X AMW to come to an end. And they're putting their focus back on the tag team championships. Bobby Roode and Eric Young, you guys are holding the gold. Uh, team Canada goes to the top of America's Wanted, uh, top 10 most wanted list. Which is a shout out to the show, America's Most Wanted. I like that. <laughs> it is good, yeah. If you don't bring your A-game, we're going to chew you out and spit you out. That's what James Storm's saying. And they're going to become the six-time NWA Tag Team Champions. Simple math, boys. There's going to be a fight, and you're not going to win. Back to the ring for more exciting TNA action. And, hell, Saban. So here comes Chris Saban. I'd like to point out that last match also still had Daniels on commentary. And he's also there for this one because they're all kind of considered X Division matches. So they're kind of holding on to that. I don't know if I even realized that he was still on commentary. Yeah, it's because he was freaking sounding good. It doesn't sound it wasn't a nuisance to the match. Right. And here comes Bobby Roode. This could be good. Uh, the only note here for Mr. Saban was that back on December 19th, Chris Saban lost to Alex Shelley in a match for the BCW Can-Am Television Championship in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Let's see if anything for Mr. Um, I just heard on commentary, it did sound like they said that Hardy is going to be a final resolution, and they also mentioned prime time there. I kind of missed exactly what was said, but. Uh, on that same BCW show, Bobby Roode teamed up with PD Williams to retain the BCW Can-Am Tag Team Championships, defeating the high-class Cripplers. Which was Conrad Kennedy the third and Ruffy Silverstein. Oh, oh, oh Hank saving up on the rope. I hear the stunger. I thought he was gonna do a spine buster. Um, I was recently watching uh AW Dark and uh I noticed a TNA fan in the crowd because they had a sign that they, they modified slightly, Bob, but it said Hail Sabian for Kip Sabian. And I was like, oh. oh wow. I was like, shit, okay. That's funny. I thought it was pretty good. Rude doing some stomps in the corner to Sabian. Or, Jesus Christ, Sabian. Sabian. Damn it. I shouldn't have even said it. AEW Dark may be in the same arena, but this is not AEW Dark. No, this looks significantly better than AEW Dark. Although I did just see uh, the our founder Jeff Jarrett wrestled on Dark in a, for an upcoming show, and I'm like, wow, are I they actually that, are they actually and Kenny Omega did? And I was like, yeah. are they actually Britt Baker did? I was like, are they going to make me actually pay attention when I watch it now? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, 
I saw those uh, spoilers. There was a AR Fox Slim J match that caught Holy. my eye. Oh my god! And I was like, "What the hell, Slim J? Fucking AR?" Now I was, I'm sure it's like a you know 90 second match or whatever. But... I don't know. Now I'm wondering, like, what are they doing? I don't know. Anyways, uh, Bobby Roode has a headlock in, but Saban's getting to his feet, throwing some elbows to the midsection, and Roode punches him, and they punch each other. Oh my god! They're pu- back and forth. Punch, punch, punch. Off the rope, ducks the clothesline. Saban comes back. Tilt a whirl, head scissor. Oh, oh, it's into a cover. One, two. Oh, it was like a head scissor and then rolled through to a roll up. What's pretty fun is both of these guys are going to be heavily featured for years to come. Well, you're right. But see, the problem with that is that they kind of wait a little too long. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they wait too long to, like, make them what they should have been for should years. Should have been. Because realistically... Oh, Daniels just tried <clears> to slide <throat> in with a chair. Stomped on it, though. Uh-oh. Oh, sh- oh, oh, shit. Holy shit. A Larry from behind, him. and then Saban landed on the chair face first, which is... A, that's a good finish. That was really... Dude, I didn't even think that he was going to land on that chair. No, that was so didn't. good. That's a good finish. Uh, no, but what I was saying is uh, the progression here. I mean, Rude and Saban... Rude doesn't really reach that level until, what, 2011? 2012? Yeah. yeah. And then Saban doesn't really get that opportunity until, what, 2013? 2013-2014, right? Is around that right. time? Yeah. So if you're – the progression in wrestling is, like, right now it's your DDP, Jared's, whatever. Probably within the next – from here, the next three or four years, you should be elevating your Bobby Roods, your Sabins whoever so by 2007 2008 your main event scene is significantly younger you're putting on these great matches whatever now of course the business model for tna isn't patience it is let's spend money on guys that have a known name and now most of those wrestlers i would say are good but could you imagine certain guys coming in in 2006 and having some matches with a guy like Chris Saban, and it actually means something in 2007, 2008, 2009. Right. Um, they're, they're saying uh, more awards here. Uh, the Canadian Historics for the show year. Tracy, Tracy won between her and Trinity for well, of course she did. something, manager she, or something. She's like the only baby face. Uh, and Hector Garza just won, won, like, won like um, Star to Watch or something for 2005. And here comes David Young. What a great taunt. One, two, three. I'm going to win. Yep. And he's coming out to the NYC music. Oh, very interesting note. Three laugh crew. Oh, who's he fighting? Well, we see BG huh? and Ron Killing so far. Oh, wait, there's Conan. Oh, Conan was in the mist. Oh, he's fighting Oh, he's Conan. fighting Conan. Damn it. Well, Bob, since we got three life crew out here, I have an interesting note here, and that is that it's rumored that Billy Gunn will be in once his non-compete period expires, and they've talked about do, uh, doing some kind of program with Road Dog, which uh, shouldn't really surprise anyone. I'm shocked that they would uh, have him potentially involved with the guy that he made the most money with in his entire career. Who would have thought? Yo, what's up and pop it, O-Town? 
Uh, Conan and Ron Killings are uh, competing in IWA Puerto Rico. Uh, on January 6th, Conan and Ron Killings lost to Lightning and Thunder for the IWA Puerto Rico Tag Team Championships. And then the next day, which would be the same day that Impact is airing here, Conan and Ron Killings lost to Lightning and Ray Gonzalez. Oh, David, he's going to keep it real with David Young. He couldn't even be a star if he was thrown by a ninja. So he was just grilling David Young about his losing streak, which is really funny. Yeah. But you know what? His winning, his losing streak was uh, broken up because he did win. He did beat Gilberti. Well, he said, what? You're on a, you're on a losing streak, I see. Yeah, but that's not really accurate. Don West even pointing out he's got one win in his last, like, he. I think he said 100,000, but... Uh, hundred thousand matches? What the? Hell? It sounded like that's what he said. That'd be horrible. A hundred matches or so. He's one. Yeah, win. probably. Uh, there is a new note for Mr. David Young back on Christmas. David Christmas. Young challenged the GCW Heavyweight Champion Sonny Siaki in Columbus, Georgia, but they went to a no contest, and Eric Watts was the special referee. Oh my God! Conan puts the boot up as David Young comes off the top. You guys are following along, by the way. We were at 27 minutes, 46 seconds. And on that same show, Eric Watts defeated Bull Buchanan. Okay. The Rolling Thunder. The crowd is nuts. They love Conan. Towel guy losing his mind. Well, wouldn't you? If you have a Conan and David Young match. I want to be known as like, oh, he's the guy who swings a towel around. Like, that's no, awesome. No, you're the guy that accepted a <clears throat> lollipop from Joey Ryan. Can you stop bringing that shit up, man? We all have regrets. We all do mistakes. We, we Listen, all... I was faked out by Richard Holiday on a hand, on a high five. That's so different. That is I know so it different. is, but we all have you, that thing, and that was you. Thing. You bring up things that I regret deeply. At the time, it was okay. Ron Killings off the top with a leg <laughs> drop to David Young uh, while the referee is distracted by B.G. James. And the crowd's absolutely losing their fucking mind right now. Yeah, they really are. You, think, Buster. Con- you think Conan is John Cena right now? Dude. Three. Hey, you know what? At least he hooked the leg. Yeah. Dude, I can't uh, believe I'm not. Dallas, I think it's uh, there's a lot of children there. Like... Up in that, that's like children. Yeah, yeah, I guess there is a lot of kids, huh? That might be a factor. Jizzle. It's a field trip going to CTNA. <laughs> uh, it might, who knows? Oh, DDP and Raven talking backstage. The gig's up. The gig's up. Raven says, What? No, it's not. What the hell? Raven's telling Eric Watt's wife that he's screwing around on the road. You cost a man his job. You're not much of a friend to me, so I can't see you being a friend to him. The Revolt page, he's never going to listen to you because I got him wrapped around my finger. And yeah, there he is right behind Raven.
Ah, shit. Oh, shit, he headbutts him. Around your finger. Now Eric Watts is taking Raven. And... Oh, so this is how we are, like, pivoting out of that? Yeah, he was caught in the lie. And here they come. Throwing Raven into the ring here. Yeah, this is... That was a, this is a decent pivot. Someone just threw him a trash can. What the fuck? Oh, he hits Raven. Hit him who, and who threw him that? I think DDP did, didn't he? Or was it like a? Oh yeah, it yeah. is. It is. Okay. I was gonna say it was either him or a production hand. Which John Cole. Well, that's why I thought it was just a production guy. A Universal uh, intern. Throwing him a trash can. Turning around, oh. Watts grabs him for a choke slam. Trash can. Nope. Up, down. I would have just choked something on the trash can. My only issue with this right now is that Watts, like, well, let's see, are they gonna? They're gonna reconcile here. Ah, oh, see, no, I don't. I love like you. They hug. Sorry, I listen um, to Raven. Oh, he told him to suck it. Um, I just don't like that because I don't know. I feel like the t- now. Do I think the turn was groundbreaking? Is Kimberly Page no? But what is this? Oh. Is this Titan? I'm trying to hear it. It's very quiet. But yeah, dude, it is. Superhuman powers. Distant. That was was Ryan Wilson. My dream wasn't a dream. He's coming. Dude, that's him. That's definitely Titan. That's crazy. Wow. I mean, he looks like he has a good body, which was true when he was with the red shirts. So that's probably why they're using him. Mike Sinead's in uh, the ring telling us about the triple threat number one contender match Monty Brown, Diamond Dallas Page, and Kevin Nash. And the winner on that same evening will challenge the man that he's about to introduce the NWA world champion. Double J, Jeff, Jarrett, Slap Nuts. Yeah, well, you'll be glad to know, Bob, that even though Kevin Nash is working with Monty Brown in the pay-per-view, apparently him and Scott Hall have expressed the idea that they don't really want to work with him uh, since they don't want to do short squash routine and make him a Goldberg, nor work a physical style. So they don't even want to work with him. So they don't want to work a squash match where like essentially putting him over and they don't want to be physical. Yeah, with Monty Brown. Right. So then what do they want to do? Work along matches with no physicality? Without Monty Brown, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's also interesting to note that apparently Scott Hall is being some sort of uh, intermediary in trying to get Sean Waltman to come back in. That's something that I would get behind. Them as a trio. I mean, and Waltman would be the bump man. Uh, I, you know, that note on Nash or Nash and Hall about Monty Brown, I'm interested to see how much interaction they're they going to have. Page, yeah. Right. I have one final note that I'll try, try to do during a highlight package, and it is a shocker. What could it be about? I wonder. It's not about Titus, I promise. Hmm. 
Is it about Hulk Hogan? Mm-hmm. Randy Savage. Mm-hmm. You're not a gonna rest, guess a wrestler that we've seen in TNA. Oh yeah, he's he's an OG. Ken Shamrock. No. Buff. He's with the company. Or is he? Anyways, Mike Tanay here is um, basically saying, Jarrett, you could be defending this title against any of these three men. And he's listening through them, being sassy as Tanay and Jeff Jarrett do with each other, my favorite. The match that we need to have happen at a potential anniversary pay-per-view show that is coming here in June. Against your Kings of Wrestling associate, Kevin Nash. Listen here tonight. Damn you. Kevin. Kevin is going to win. And he's going to lay down. The champ. Everyone thinks they have it figured out. Including you. Professor Tanay. Dude the crowd's even loud during this. What is happening? That that is definitely. um, Mike Dan. You think that's Mike Dan? Oh yeah. There's no way, there's no way people are, they're chanting, you suck, you don't even hear it, you just hear it. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, fine. So, Jared's going to talk about the three-way now. What exactly does Diamond Dallas Page bring to the table at Final Resolution? The Diamond Cutter? Is that all you got? Not the best you can do. The double-A ball player, Monty Brown. That's his, like, favorite insult to Monty Brown. It really is. He's not even triple-A. He's (laughs) double-A. I haven't listened to the Myrold episode about him because I'm a a bad person and I stopped listening to podcasts that much. But does he mention how much of a double-A ball player he is in that? Or Um, he's got to bring the joke up at least once, right? No, he... I think that podcast is really saying, like, Monty Brown, he wasn't ready. Um, you know, he tried to get him to stay and, like, not go to yeah. the theater, but. The Kings of Wrestling are not going to fall to the game plan that the American Dream Dusty Rhodes is trying. I want you to hold that thought that you just said about him not trying to get him leave. We'll talk about, I think that'll be fun discussion about Monty Brown during uh, final resolution. Because we can talk more long for him during the match. Right. Get your head straight. Oh, it's me. It's D. D. P. And Jared's just still talking. He don't care. He had to finish, he like had to finish his sentence. Cell five five. There he is in the stand. See, this is another thing where it's like we literally just saw him. Yeah, but the crowd didn't. Yeah, they did. He was ringside. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, they could have taped it separately, I guess, but you know what I mean? And then here comes Monty Brown. Are all three dudes going to come out? 
Oh, he's booking it, dude. Oh, wait. DDP's oh, in the ring in fighting the ring. Jarrett. Namani Brown is coming, and he's going to fight DDP. Oh, DDP, like, slipped or something. Yeah. Where's Kevin Nash? I can just see it now. Oh, um, shit. Next week, it's going to be Brown and DDP against uh, Nash and Jarrett or something. Oh, see, now Nash... Oh, is Nash fine with just beating up Monty Brown and not getting beaten up? Yeah. He didn't want to get physical. Look, he's doing it, though. See, this is why dirt sheets are bullshit, well, you his know? His knee lifts are, you know, soft, and he's doing basically armpit shots. Uh, he's not even close to him with his elbow. Did oh, Jared shit. just knocked down Scott Hall on accident? On accident, yeah, Oh, now did. Nash is like, you son of a bitch. Oh, boy. Wait. Kevin, that wasn't my that was not my fault. Scott Hall was in my way because I was punching DDP here. Oh, and then Monday Round pushed Jarrett into, oh, uh, into Nash. Like that. Dude. Here we go, here we go. Oh, Everyone's yeah, gonna pull my brown. Security Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas. <laughs> this one happened at the Golden Dome, which we're gonna be at <laughs> in March. Ooh, that was fun. That was not a bad segment. Although, I mean, we're kind of teasing Nash and Jarrett, but already, and it's been two months. Well, I know, but that made me excited for the three-way, though. I uh, yeah, I think that was yeah, that was definitely an effective way because like really, there's no there was no build, right? For it. it was just announced. Guys, it's the return of Dallas with Kid Cash here, who you can watch on Eliminate. Eliminate. We did find out about that. Yep. Who's their opponent? That's definitely Dustin. Oh. Oh my God, that is. I hate that fucking outfit, dude. That is so bad. This is not the red one. It's so bad. Oh, Oh, and his partner Jeff Hardy. Nice that he showed up on time. We only have five minutes and 38 seconds left in the show. Oh, then I need to tell you my last note, my groundbreaking note here during these entrances. Um, There's a new snag here in TNA, and that's because, yeah, Abyss's contract has expired, and WWE is interested in him. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like with Chris Harrison and James Storm, when their contract was coming due, a lot of guys in the locker room told them that he should go. Um, And Dave notes that he has a lot of potential. There's a big guy who can move and work. And I'll just tell you, uh, he was not used at this taping. Wow. And we will talk more about him next week. I, I'm telling you, our next week's episode is full of, it's like banger note after banger after, like, there's a lot of good stuff. I'm really, really excited. If I were Abyss, oh. I th- well, we're starting off with Hardy and Cashier, and they just kind of did a weird clothesline thing. It was like a monkey Definitely. He just did a DDT on accident when it was supposed to be an inside cradle. This is a sloppy start. Oh, my God. A sloppy dropkick. Why are they even airing this match at this point? This first 40 seconds of this match has been not great wrestling. Uh, If I were Abyss, I'm fucking going. You have to go. If anything, your value in TNA would go up if you go to WWE and then you just come back. Right. Oh. Backdrop by Dustin to Kid Cash. Oh, right hand. 
Another right hand. Some more right hands. And now here comes Wait. the Dallas. I don't know if you just noticed at the bottom of the screen I just saw Dustin versus Kid Cash. I saw Raven versus Eric Watts official. So it looks like oh. those are some more final resolution matches. That was that all makes sense. And it said plus three of life crew and um, Michael Shane and Frank Kazarian. So other people will be featured in the show as well. Right. Huge boot by Dallas. Tags in Kid Cash. His cousin, Dallas. In the trailer park. Dustin kind of went into the post. The oh. Secretary Tracy. The pace of this match has just been really weird. What's this? Oh, Mike, I saw it at the bottom of the screen already. Watson Raven, I already know. Oh, yeah, by the way, we didn't say it, I don't think, but Jeff Hammond is on commentary right now. Clothesline by Dallas to Dustin Rhodes. They're saying that Dustin's going to have a hard time handling the quickness of Kid Cash at Final Resolution. Well, oh, yeah. like a spear clothesline, clothesline combo? I don't know if I like that. That was weird. It was, I guess, you know, it got him down for a two count. 44 minutes, baby. This is a quick episode of Impact, Bob. Usually we've been going longer than this one. Uh, so this is another, like, shorter episode. Yeah, and I think it also kind of goes by faster because there's more wrestling. Yeah, that's true. Look, Kid Cash climbing up to the shoulders of Dallas. Oh, oh God, he almost missed that moon song. Almost curting. He almost didn't rotate enough. Uh, well, Dustin technically moved, and Cash almost killed himself, but it happened. Yeah. Avoid the drop kicks. Roll up there, but Cash is able to kick out. Just Tight slam it. Well, you know what? If a piss ain't going to be on the show, you might as well try to steal part of his finish. Can you believe that? They let his contract expire. I can't wait to dive deeper into this situation. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm necessarily surprised. It's TNA. One of your better young uh, assets just getting potentially snatched up here. Hardy's on fire. It broken up at the last second. Off the back of Dustin, into the corner to kick cash. Dustin, nice little chop. Boom. Dallas in the ring with Dustin Rhodes. Not me. This is the other Dallas. Yeah, the other Dallas. Irish Big Dallas. He's Big Dallas. Bulldog. Oh, Bulldog into the potential. Let's see. Swanton. Boom. He hits it. One, two, three. I mean, that was, I would say, one of the worst matches I've seen. Uh-oh. In the parking lot. Oh, this is done. Jarrett's saying, you screwed everyone in WCW 10 years ago. This is my world. This is Planet Jarrett. He's yelling at Kevin Nash as they're trying to pull him apart. We're done. 
The Kings Wrestling is done right there. There ain't room for both of us, Jarrett. And he's what mad all fuck? because he accidentally hit Scott Hall. What the fuck? What a weird... What a weird reason or way to be like... <laughs> like they're just imploding. And now there's not enough room for the both of us. <laughs> <laughs> but he brought you guys We're done. In. We're done. Yeah. What the fuck? Okay. So... What do you uh, think? It's uh it's a good show. I that main was, event that main event was brutal. Was I liked really I liked it until the main event. Yeah, that main event was bad. Uh I would say very good promotion for the three way elimination match. Because I mean, really now you're going into it like, okay, Kevin Nash is beefing with Jared Hard and he's like the Probably out of the, I mean, out of the three, the biggest name, I would say, obviously. Right. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, it's like, okay, so we're going to get Jarrett Nash. But then you, you know that out of the three, DDP would probably give Jarrett the best match. So it's like, okay, well, if we want the best match, we go with that. But then you have Monty Brown, who is arguably the hottest face that you have in the match as well. So it's like, if you want to change the title, change the title, put it on Monty Brown. Mm-hmm. So before the way they were presenting it, it was like, oh, obviously it's going to be Monty Brown. But now, I don't know. I feel like they did a good job of being like, that's a toss up now. I don't know who's going to main event the show. Right. I'm really excited. I think it literally at first we were I feel like we were like, this is such a random match. But as we're kind of like evolving into it and like thinking about it more, it's like this is actually turning out pretty good. I think the only criticism on the booking is that you made the match before all this happened. I think you should have had this happen. And then make the match. I think it's a fair point, because if you if you create the friction with Nash and Jarrett, when Dusty announces that, mm-hmm. Jarrett doesn't have anybody in his pocket for that match. Because like when it's made, he's like, okay, well, I got Nash. Right. And like, he'll win. So I think the friction would have been better before the announcement of the match. Because the friction is was created essentially because the match was announced. Yeah. That's a that's a good point. I I prefer it to be before, and then you because like the friction being created and then is announced. I think we'd be like, oh shit! All right, well Nash Nash is probably going to be the option. I think there's more buzz to it. Right. It's just it's like a it's like a forced. This almost feels like a, like a kind of like a forced conflict. Yeah. No. It, it kind have, of is. Yeah. Because like. You're retroactively kind of creating the the issue. Um, I don't know, uh, but you know what? Right now, I'm I would have to think, judging even by that closing segment, that Nash is about to main event final resolution. I mean, now it's like we kind of need to have the Kevin Nash Jeff Jarrett confrontation, right? Or would they? Or is that more of a match where you would want that to be promoted and 
like be the true main event of the show. Hmm. I I think there's definitely opportunity for that. But put it this way, if it's like well, we'll just use Monty for the example. If it's Monty Brown who wins the match, let's just say for uh this, you know, whatever, uh, he beats Jarrett for the title. Mm-hmm. Then Jarrett and and Nash could kind of have a different program. Like, they could continue their program, and it won't be for the title. And they still, like, I still want to see the match, I feel like. Yeah, I think you're kind of overshadowing Molly Brown. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean. I don't think you want to. But would you be surprised if they did that? No, I would not. But I don't think you, I mean, I wouldn't want to. If Molly Brown won the title, and then the next month, um, it was Molly Brown against Raven. Just as an example, you know, with then Nash and Jarrett on the same show, you're kind of devaluing your champion because obviously, obviously, because it's Jarrett, your TV is going to be all about Jarrett and Nash. No, you're probably right. Yeah. So I would try to avoid, avoid that. But who knows? We don't know yet. We don't know what's going on. Right. We could potentially be doing here. Um, I didn't even look. I know Jeff Hardy didn't really do anything on that I can do there. But I got distracted with all the things that are going on. Um, let me see real quick if Kid Cash did anything. And, of course, he was in uh, Puerto Rico losing to Diabolico and Rico Suave on the 6th oh. set for WWC. That's what Kick Cash was up to for your uh, emails. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that's um, I don't know. I, I mean, that was I would say that was a good show, bro. Um, next week, what we know is that Chris Saban and Christopher Daniels will be battling it out with the winner, getting a spot in the Ultimate X match at. Final resolution. Right. It's an answer go home show, man. I mean, one more week. Right. And then literally two days later is final resolution. And I know I kept saying it, but I don't think you guys are gonna want to miss um what we got to say about our notes and stuff for next week. It's a there's a lot going on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, announcements here for what you're like teasing. So yeah, I was reading it yesterday, and I was like, "Damn, it's one after another in this one." So it's it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, all right. Well, next week it is in fact the go home show. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some more answers. I'm sure they're gonna still tease ways to make us question who will be absolutely main eventing the pay per view. So in that sense, we're probably not gonna get any more answers, just probably more questions, but. And then we'll do a brief, uh, quick rundown of the final resolution card if there's anything else that's announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all I got for this week. Dallas, you got anything else? I think that covers it for me, man. Uh, I can't wait. I'm really excited for next week. Actually, I mean, this episode, this is one of those shows that I was like, damn, I can't wait to watch next week now. So I'm definitely excited for Next Impact and, of course, for Final Resolution. Yeah, I am as well. I'm looking forward I'm going to be at, for the rest of the duration of this podcast, I'm going to be looking forward to probably every single pay-per-view. I mean, literally. (laughs) What's going to happen here? All right. We'll see you guys next week for another edition 
of uh, the Teenage Wrestling Podcast. Until then, for Dallas Grigley, I'm Bob Conner Jr., and this has been the Teenage Wrestling Podcast.